Hello, and welcome back to our podcast on Philippians. This is Warren, and Jason is with me again today, and we are going to be diving into the beginning of Philippians 2, and we're going to be looking at Philippians 2, 1 through 11, and so that's where we'll be in just a minute, but uh, hello, Jason. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. It's um... It's a bit of an overcast day, but it's pretty cool outside. So I actually spent some time this morning uh, going through email out in my backyard because it, it's really, uh, you know, if you got to be cooped up at home, having a, a nice weather outside to go into the backyard helps a, a bunch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, we, we keep talking about how this this sort of season provides us with, with new and, and interesting opportunities and things like that if we take advantage and so we have an office complex really close to our house that is now completely empty on the weekends. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we took the kids, you know, on, on Sunday and Sunday afternoon and just rode around, you know, rode bikes around an empty parking lot for a while. So things that, you know, we might not have pursued under normal circumstances, but now provide some of those opportunities. So, yeah, that's, I, I've actually gotten more books read over the last couple of weeks than I think I have in the last couple of, you know, like year or two combined. Uh, I yeah. finished, I finished a book last or a night before last, and I'm about halfway through a different book now. And, and that's, that's something that I almost never do. <laughs> I feel, and I'm, I'm working through all of my podcasts, which I always have a huge amount of podcasts in reserve. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, while I'm getting other things done, you know, somehow I'm able to That's find right. time for those things too. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to jump into Philippians 2. Like I said, we're going to read Philippians 2, 1 through 11 right now. We're actually going to uh, be hosting on Zoom tonight, uh, or at least on, on Wednesday night, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, a, a sort of uh, opportunity to engage some of this together. And so we'll send some of that out in an email. So be sure you're looking for that. But if you want to have that opportunity, we're going to do that online together on, on Wednesday. But we're just going to go through this this passage. And I know, Jason, you had said that, that this was one of your um, favorite passages in Scripture. And so I'm going to read through this first and then just ask you to kind of comment on that, Jason, to, to kick us off on, on some of this discussion. Okay. And, and we'll, we'll go from there. So let's read through this, and then, and then we'll have some conversations. So Philippians 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love of spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. All right, so there is a lot in those 11 verses, and we won't get to all of it, of course, in this podcast, but, but hope that you'll spend some time exploring these verses on your own if you're listening to this and take some time to do that this week. Uh, but Jason, let's begin just with what, what is it for you that, that makes this one of your favorite passages? Well, um, a little bit of history here. So when I was um, in high school, uh, I went to Camp Blue Haven, in New Mexico. And, uh, and there was, you know, every, every year at Camp Blue Haven, there was a a big section of scripture that we were expected to memorize, you know, as you do. And I, I, I think it was just, I was at a ripe point in my development, um, as a person just kind of growing up where I was searching for meaning. Uh, I was kind of looking for something more, you know, greater than myself. And, um, and this passage, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, was what we were uh, in, in our, you know, Bible, daily Bible classes. This is what we were memorizing. And I remember as, as I was memorizing it, just being struck by each and every word. Um, it didn't become just rote memorization. And again, I think this had to do with just where I was in my life at the time. Um, but it wasn't rote memorization that, that as I was memorizing it, each word, you know, hit me very powerfully. Um, and so the first section, one through four, is basically Paul saying, you know, if you're going to be part of the Christian body, if you're going to be united with Christ, um, if, if you want to experience the joy, the comfort, um, the tenderness, the compassion that comes from being a Christian, um, then you have to live a certain way as it relates to the other people around you. You, you can't be, um, you, you can't be me first in anything you do. Um, And I think that that really powerfully spoke to me and said that, you know, that our mission as Christians should be to serve God by serving each other. And and I think that's something that it's very easy to lose sight of. And and we think, well, we serve God by, you know, honoring his commandments. Well, yes, that's true. Um, But as Jesus said, the, you know, the, the, greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul actually here is saying the way you love your neighbor as yourself is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, value others above yourself. He's not saying value others equally. Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. I mean, I think that that is something that we to this day, don't want to accept as being our call as Christians. But I don't see any way that it isn't. Um, and then the, the rest of, of that, there, it goes into the song there where it's basically describing, hey, look, Jesus did j- exactly that. 
He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, um, despite being in very nature God. And so if Jesus Christ is going to do that, who am I to deny that that is part of my calling? Um, And that's where I get really frustrated when I hear of people, you know, wanting to put limits on on the sacrifice that we as Christians should be making um, or a limit on the patience that we should have for other people um, Mm -hmm. or the judgment and the 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 uh, uh, contempt that we may hold for other people. Um, especially non-Christians. I'm, I'm like, that. that is not what God called us to be. God called us to be compassionate, to be tender, to be loving, uh, to, and, and to value others above yourself. And so that's, yeah. that's kind of why this really speaks to me and why it's one of my favorite passages, because it encapsulates, in my mind, our obligation as Christians. Yeah, very true. Yeah, well said. And I think something that you, you mentioned in there made me think that, you know, you, you like me probably heard this phrase growing up a lot of obeying the gospel. Yeah. And that's an old Church of Christ phrase that, that was applied singularly, at least in my history and rec- recollection of that phrase, to being baptized. Right. Like that phrase meant that you were getting baptized, that, that so-and-so obeyed the gospel by being baptized. And well, that or or obey the gospel by being baptized and or evangelizing to other people like in and, and the specific definition of yeah. evangelizing is getting them to be baptized. Yeah, yeah, it was it was all it was all wrapped up in this in this act of, of baptism. Right. Um, with, and, and, and yeah, but but if you were if you were to take passages like this and other passages in Scripture, it, w- it would really seem to be that that obedience to the gospel looks like serving others and humbling yourself. Right. And, and the irony of that is that I, I think if you had that broad definition of it, uh, baptism is an act of, of humbling myself and dying to myself. Um, but but the, the totality of obeying the gospel isn't found in that one act. It's found in, in humbling myself, being willing to serve others, and being willing to have this this completely kind of flipped perspective on, on life right. um, that, that would include acts like baptism, but would certainly be broader than that in, in terms of what it means for, for our lives and what we do. Yeah. I, and, I think uh, that, well, I, just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, um, whenever I, I read this passage, um, you know, I can't help but remember when I was younger and when up to the point when I got baptized, I kind of saw or I, not that anybody taught this to me intentionally, but in my mind, I had it as, well, baptism is the culmination. Baptism is the end point, right. so to speak. And the older I've gotten and the more that I've I've kind of learned about my own faith and learned about what what I believe God wants for my life. Baptism really is the beginning, not the end. It's It's the point at which you're saying you know, I am a believer in Jesus Christ and I, you know, take him on as my Lord and I will serve, you know, God's purpose. Um, and, and that's really where it begins is at baptism. And then the rest of our life is about living that out. Um, and I think, I think if we focus too much on the act of baptism, then it's very easy to neglect 
you know, the rest of the responsibility, the rest of the story that comes after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was, so I was glad to hear you say this was one of your favorite passages and, and sort of influential for you because it, it has been for me as well. And, and I think the, my appreciation for this passage was similar to yours, but, but, but sort of different in that it was really this passage that I think helped me gain a, a deeper and more robust appreciation for Jesus mm-hmm. and, and what Jesus has done for us and through us than I had really, and it was really, I was, an, mm-hmm. I was a young adult before I had, had kind of realized that. And because I think up to that point in my sort of Christian faith, like I, I recognized what Jesus did. I, you know, I, I believed he was our savior, Messiah. He died for us, all that stuff. But I really had sort of a math issue with it because I felt like growing <laughs> up, it was always this idea that one person died for the sake of the whole world. Yeah. And as a, just sort of a rational kind of, you know, thinking through that rationally, I was just kind of like the math of that kind of makes sense though. <laughs> if, if one per- person can give their life for the sake of the, like, you know, people have given their lives for less. And so I, I sort of just had a question about math of, okay, so what makes that so unique or different or awe-inspiring? Um, and that was something I never really verbalized because where do you verbalize that in church, right? Um, and, and it was really this scripture, though, that helped me sort of internalize for myself this deeper appreciation for Jesus, that, that Jesus gave up equality with God, that he was in the nature of God and gave that up in order to, to be a servant. Yeah, I think and, verses that those verses six, seven, and eight totally encapsulate the degree of sacrifice that I, I think a lot of times we take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. And then going to what you were talking about earlier, and, and to say how many how many times are there when we like how many you know things do we struggle to to give up for the sake of others or or to sacrifice for the sake of others and. And, and how, how much of our stuff that, that pales in comparison to equality with God do we hold on to and try to grasp? Right. Um, and that was how I originally learned that verse six was, you know, my version now says uh, he, did not equiter, he, didn't, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And I originally learned that is that he did not consider it something to be grasped or to, help, to hold on to. Right. Uh, and so I think how much stuff do we hold on to? How much stuff do, do we use for our own advantage? And I think it's a fascinating what if question to say, if I was given equality with God, what would I do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we're willing to ask ourselves some, some really self-searching questions about that, you know, um, how many of us would truly use that for sacrificial means? And, and that's what Paul is saying that Jesus has done for us, that he, he had ev- literally everything in the universe at his dis- disposal and made the decision to, to use that to serve. Yeah. You know, I think about the, what is it that I'm holding on to? What is it that I try to use to my adv- own advantage that prevents me from taking the very nature of a servant, um, that prevents me from humbling myself to obedience? And, and, in my mind, for me at least, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily, um, you know, monetary things or or tangible objects. It's more pride. 
It's more ego. Um, it's things like, you know, I, I hate it when I feel like people have judged me falsely. One of my biggest pet peeves is if, if I feel like somebody has, um, has formed an opinion about me or, or my motivations or my intentions that is incorrect, that I feel like it's my responsibility to fight against that, to correct that misunderstanding, to put that person in their place. But I don't see how, you know, it, when, I'm, when I'm really considering myself as, you know, humble, if I'm considering myself um, the, the very nature of a servant, I, there isn't room for that. There isn't room for me to have that kind of pride or to, to make it my responsibility to maybe correct what I see as a misunderstanding. And, you know, I mean, look at, look at how people misunderstood Jesus. And, you know, uh, Pilate, as, at, you know, when he was before Pilate, you know, Pilate says, so are you king of the Jews? And Jesus essentially says, well, that's what you say. You know, he, he's not even fighting it. He's not arguing yeah. the point because that's not his purpose. He That's not what he's about in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much rich, rich stuff in here. And, and just kind of for one final point, and, and then we'll, we'll close this out in, in prayer. Um, I, I think there's another theme that, that Paul comes to here that, seems to be one he keeps returning to in Philippians and even I think fit into what we were uh, to what I was talking about on Sunday in our, in our worship service on Sunday. And it's this idea that, that seems to be prevalent throughout this, this kind of section of Philippians here that like, if, if, if you believe this to be true, if, if you are a believer in Christ, then, then, your belief in that, your, the, the worth that you see in the gospel message needs to be seen in your life and in the ways that you're living. Right. This can't just be something theoretical. It can't be just head knowledge stuff. And he kind of keeps coming back to that. You know, he, in, in the section before this, whatever it has, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, which I hear is him saying, again, and I, I said this in some of the material last week that, that, was, that we put on our, our website, you know, this isn't Paul saying you have to earn your, your right to salvation. It's not worth, you know, to, to live a life, to live in a manner worthy of the gospel doesn't mean I have to live in such a way that I become worthy of it, but, but that my life should reflect the worth that I see in the gospel and, mm-hmm. and the value that I have placed on it. And, and so he comes back to the same theme here that, okay, if, if, if you've experienced any of this stuff, then, then here's what that needs to look like in your life. And, and I think it's the same way that Jesus talks about things like grace and forgiveness to bring it back to, as I said, what we talked about Sunday, that, that man, if, if you've got an understanding and, and an appreciation for the grace and forgiveness offered to us in Christ, then, then that needs to be seen in how you live. Right. So the continued theme in a lot of the stuff that we've been looking at of, okay, so if you believe this to be true, what is, what is it looking like? practically as you live it out. You know, it, it didn't really occur to me until you were just talking about that just now, but I, I think another way to think of this is our um, goal as Christians should not be to demonstrate our own worthiness of, of the salvation of Christ, but to help other people see their own worthiness. That, that 
that Jesus makes everyone worthy of salvation and that our role as Christians is to help other people see their worthiness, not so much to demonstrate our own. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll close there on that thought and may we be people who are striving to do that uh, through the rest of our week. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening again. Thanks Jason for, for joining me for this. And Jason, you want to close us in prayer again? Absolutely. Our Heavenly Father, we are uh, amazed at your might, at your love, at your compassion. Uh, God, during this time, we um, can't help but be humbled. Um, We see how fragile we are, how fragile our lives are, how fragile our uh, lifestyles are. And Lord, I ask that we each use this as a reminder that uh, our own life and our own lifestyle is not where we should be putting our faith. Um, Help us to have the humility uh, to know that you are in control, the humility to value others above ourselves, uh, to look to um, not our own interest, but the interest of you and to the interest of others. Um, Help us to have the humility of Christ Jesus. Help us to uh, imitate his humility in whatever degree that we find ourselves in a way that will um, help bring other people to know you, help other people to value themselves in, uh, in your light. Um, God, keep us safe uh, as we go through, you know, the, the next few weeks in time. Help us to uh, be encouraged by the people around us. Help us to provide encouragement to those that we can, whether, you know, in our own household or, or, you know, through electronic means across the internet, help us to send encouragement and love and compassion to all. Um, Again, thank you so much for taking care of us. Thank you so much for providing us with, um, with a community and with a savior that, uh, that, that saves us, um, Help us to spread that word and help us to spread that joy uh, to all else. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.